This is a well-known story from Iceland, and while you may find it in collections of Icelandic books, you'll never hear it. Well, I was going to say told as well, but that's a wee bit conceited, but a better version than this one, I should say, because this version I learned from my dear friend Hjörleifur Helgi Stephenson, a fine storyteller, and he learnt it from his grandparents. Now, Hjörleifur is writing a book of Icelandic folk tales for the history press, and once all this is over, all this lockdown, they will start producing again, and I urge you to go and buy this book because I have had a sneaky peek at it, and it's wonderful. Stories that you may never have heard before anywhere else. This story is called Then the Merman Laughed. Now there was once a fisherman who set off in his boat to go fishing, as fishermen do, and he had his hooks baited and he threw them over the side and he was pulling in fish of all different kinds. And he was happy he was making a good catch. Now, as he looked over the side of his boat, he noticed a dark shape beneath him, and he thought it might be a shark, and a shark would be a valuable fish to pull ashore. That would be something that would bring him a lot of money. So he got the biggest hook that he had, and he put it on a line, and he dangled it over the edge, and every now and again as the boat drifted around, he could just see the shape coming in and out of sight. And he tugged up and down on the line, and wham! Something hooked it. He pulled it up, expectantly expecting it to be the shark, knowing as well that he had to be very careful, because sharks bite, but he pulled it up, thinking of all the money he could get, and when it broke the surface, it wasn't a shark. It was a merman. Now the man looked at the strange little creature, and he pulled him into the boat, and he unhooked him, and he looked at him, and the merman looked back, and the merman said, Put me back at once. How dare you? I was on my mother's roof fixing it when you hooked me. She'll be worried about me. She'll be worried sick. Put me back right this moment. I insist. No, said the fisherman. No, I will not. Because the fisherman knew that mermen knew secrets that no mortal knew. They could see the future. They had knowledge way beyond his and he wanted to keep him, because he knew that he would be able to tell him something that was useful. Well, I'm taking you home with me, he said to the merman. Well, the merman sat in the bow of the boat, and he looked furious. But he just sat there, and what a strange-looking creature he was. He was like a man for the top half of his body, but with a very big head and long arms, and his bottom half was like a seal, but he was grey in colour, and there was not a hair growing on his body. So the man rowed back to the shore. He pulled up the boat and secured it, 
sorted out all his fishing gear, and then he picked up the merman under his arm and he headed home with him. Well, on the way home, when he reached his own fields, he was walking along when suddenly he caught his foot on a tussock of grass that grew on a very small mound. And the fisherman swore he cursed it. He cursed it for being there on his land, a nuisance to him, nothing but a trial. And then the mare-man laughed. <laughs> what are you laughing at? said the fisherman. The mare-man said nothing. So they walked home, and when they reached near their, ho their house, the dog came running to meet his master, and his tail was wagging like his back end would come off, and he chumped up on his master, and he was so joyful, so happy to see him. And the fisherman said, Clear off, dog, and gave him a kick. And then the mare-man laughed. <laughs> what are you laughing at again? What's so funny? Merman said nothing. And then he walked home. And when he got to his house, his young wife came out to greet him. His young wife of not that long, they had just been married, and she was very young and very pretty. And she threw her arms around his neck and said, Oh, darling, welcome home. I am so happy to see you. Oh, I've missed you. Oh, I love you so much. Oh, the honey words they dripped from her tongue. And then the mare-man laughed. <laughs> Why are you laughing again? What are you laughing at? I'm getting a bit fed up with you. I'm just about had enough of you. So he took him in, and he set him in the corner of the room. He spent the rest of the night just sitting there, staring at the merman, the merman staring back and saying nothing. And it dawned on the fisherman that there was no point keeping the merman, because he never said anything. He wasn't going to give up any secrets. He wasn't going to pass on any knowledge, anything that would be useful to him if he's just sitting in the corner, sulkily, not speaking. So eventually the fisherman spoke to him and said, You laughed at me. You laughed at me three times. Why did you do that? Why did you laugh at me? And the mare-man spoke, and he said, Stupidity? What do you mean? I laughed at you because of your stupidity. But if you take me back to my mother's house and let me go, I'll tell you why I laughed. Well, the fisherman thought this over, and, well, there was absolutely no point in keeping him. I mean, he wasn't going to say anything until he took him back. So the fisherman said, OK, I agree. Tomorrow I'll take you back to the spot where I caught you, and I'll let you go. So the merman seemed happy with that. And the next day the fisherman was as good as his word. He took the merman under his arm, carried him back to the boat again, and then 
he rowed out into the ocean. And being a fisherman and knowing these things, meads, they call them around here, he lined up places on the land. He lined them up so that he knew exactly where he was, that he was at exactly the same spot when he caught the merman. And then he set the merman on the blade of his oar, because the merman wasn't a huge thing. You know, he was reasonably small. So he, he put him on the blade of the oar, and he had the oar balanced on the gunwale of the boat, and he held it out over the sea, so that the merman was sitting there above the water. And he said, now are you going to tell me why you laughed? Yes, said the merman, I will. Now, the first time I laughed, if you remember, it's when you were walking home, and you tripped on that little tussock of grass that was growing on a little mound there. And what did you do? You cursed it. You swore at it. You complained about, oh, how hard your life was because there was all this tussocks of grass on your land. Oh, boo-hoo. So, that's why I laugh, because little did you know that underneath that tussock of grass is a treasure, a great treasure, and it is meant for you and only you, but you're too stupid to realize. That's why I laughed. And then you went home, and your dog came out to greet you, and your dog was so happy to see you, and that dog loves you. And what did you do? You kicked it. You kicked it and you swore at it. Now that dog loves you more than anything else in the world, that dog would sacrifice his life for you. And what did you do? You kick it, and you curse it. And that's why I laughed. And then you went home, and oh, your pretty young wife came out to greet you, and oh, she hugged you, and she kissed you, and she said lovely things to you, and you were taken in like the fool you are. She doesn't love you. She never has. She only married you for your money, or what money she thought you had, at least anyway. But she doesn't love you. In fact, she doesn't like you at all. In fact, she hates you, and she wishes that you were dead. Not only that, but she is having an affair with the postman. And that's why I laughed. Now, does that satisfy you? No, said the fisherman. I don't believe a word of it. <laughs> well, that's your problem, said the merman. Stupidity will always stay there. You should get wise, man. And then, with that, it jumped off the oar and into the sea with a splash, and it swam back down to its mother's house, where it would be reunited with his mum. Well, the fisherman rowed back to shore. He was not a happy man, but he was a troubled man. He was troubled in his mind. What if the merman was right? What if everything he said was true? Well, that was a bad thing to think about. 
But there was one way to find out. So he took a spade and he went off to that tussock that he'd tripped on with a little mound on it. And he dug it up and there was a little treasure chest, a little box with a rounded top. And he opened it and ah! It was full of gold coins, a hoard, a treasure. <gasps> and who it belonged to or when it was buried there, he had no idea. But it was his now. It was his to have and to hold and to spend. But then another thought came into his mind and one that troubled him. If the merman was right about the treasure, maybe he was right about his wife, too. So he went home unexpectedly and earlier than, than was expected. And he went in and he caught his young wife in the arms of the postman, just as the merman had said. So... There was a huge row. The postman got a smack in the teeth. And the young wife was sent packing back to her family. He knew then that she never loved him. And it hurt. That really hurt. But still, he had a treasure that could make him happy. But you know something else that he learned? Something that was probably... A really important lesson from all of this. He learnt that his dog loved him. And that dog would do anything for him. And so, for the rest of his days, that fisherman never ever kicked or raised a hand to his dog again. Thank you, your labour. You're a good man.